Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we are talking about Chief Justice John Roberts. So grab your swing vote. And let's get civical. What I love about Southern accents is when you get the whistly, the whistly ish, Sean Roberts. Oh, I do love that. That's so sweet. I do love when they Sean, do that. Hey, can you, can you come over here, Sean? Okay. All right, let's start this episode. <laughs> okay, great. Three, two, one. one. Hello. No, I don't like that. Three, two, one. Hello. One more time. Three, two, one. Hello. There we go. There you go. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Let's Get Civical. My name is Lizzie Stewart. And I am Arden Walentowski. And Still. It, you, she hasn't changed. <laughs> Steady as the beating drum, as Pocahontas once said. Listen, it is my job to drop in the Disney reference. I'm sorry. I did not mean to step on your toes. It's like when you say Please a fun do. fact and I'm like, what oh, is my it? literal purpose on this episode? <laughs> Roll reversal. Roll, Roll reversal. reversal. Look, I'm just trying to be like you, obviously. Please, please, please. But today we're going to try something new. I'm really excited. I'm, I'm really excited, excited about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, on today's episode, we're going to be doing a, is it called biopic or biopic? Oh, that's an excellent question. (laughs) So we're talking about... (laughs) What, Kate, do you know if it's biopic or biopic? Okay, so uh, Kate also doesn't know. Biopic. I feel like biopic Biopic? is only applicable if it's a movie. Okay. Right? And a biopic. Are we not filming? We're not filming. What's the point? Where are the cameras? I hope nobody is filming. I couldn't look worse. (laughs) The sweat is caked on. My makeup is... Runny. Runny. I'm runny. She has mascara... My hair was dry and blown out at some point and now is shellacked in my head. I love that. I um, love that. And in the spirit of that, we're going to be doing either a biopic or a bio- biop- biopic. I feel like it's biopic in our case. Sure. Right? Because it's... We're going to be taking an in-depth look. I love. Great. <laughs> at each of the Supreme Court justices over the course of our tenure on this podcast... But today, we're starting off with Mr. Chief Justice himself, Jean Roberts. 
by Jean, I mean John. John Roberts. <laughs> you said Jean, and I was like, it's not Jean. I realize that, that there are people Jean? who are actually named Jean, and I, because I'm a Texan, I've never met a Jean, but I know that there are Jeans. Um, and this is this is the American John, the the biblical John, the biblical John, with an I was H. Suddenly thrown into Les Misérables. Jean Valjean. Jean Valjean. Yeah, we're gonna be. I did a lot of research I on love. Sweet Baby John Roberts. Yes. And he's a very interesting figure. I can't wait to tell you all about him. Great. So tell me. Buckle tell up. me. I'm so excited. Okay. That was not me loading a gun. That was a seatbelt. I realized I'm not good at... That's a cannon. <laughs> Bring it back. Bring it back. Boom. Boom. Still, if you... Again, this is just quick uh, housekeeping. Again, if you own a cannon, uh, call us. <laughs> Lizzie, you would very much like to set off your cannon. I would love to set off a cannon. Just just call me and let me know if I can do that. We can work something out. But Chief Justice John Roberts. Yay! So I'm going to start in his childhood. Just a little bit about oh, baby. He wasn't hatched from an egg? He was not hatched from an egg. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he kind of has a face where he could look like he was hatched. <laughs> like he's he's a handsome dude. Yeah. Just like on paper. Yeah. But a, like a little dead in the eyes. Right, right, right. All of his... Poor pictures that I've seen, I'm like, is anybody home? It's, you know, like he's <laughs> like not in like the he's not smart sense. He's very no, no. smart, but like, do you feel? You know, right, I don't right, know. Right. Are you? Is there a soul in there? A yeah, beating heart? It's really, he's so difficult to read. I mm-hmm. like. There's sometimes in the research that I did about him where I was like, yes, what an ally. Yes, John Roberts, because he's you know he's our very he's um, a, infamous he's a swing boat. But then there's sometimes, and we'll talk about this later, where I'm like, John, <laughs> John. What are you doing? This is problematic. You are problematic. And we'll we'll get into that. Amazing. But John Roberts, and by John Roberts, I mean John Glover Roberts Jr. Stop it. That is his that is his that is his God-given name. John Glover Roberts. John Glover Roberts Jr. Wow. A mouthful. That is a lot. That, that's a lot of glottal stops. It's, yeah. John Glover Roberts Jr. It's really in a the lo- throat. Glottal stop. He was born on January 27th, 1955. So he is currently 64 years old. Oh. Looks great for 64. He does. Again, this is not about looks. Like, obviously, like, it's about brains, but he is physically attractive. Um <laughs> He was born in Buffalo, New York. Shout out to our friends in Buffalo. Hey. And his parents were John Glover Roberts Sr. Shocker. And Rosemary. Padraski? Padraski. Padraski. Yeah. Yeah. Rosemary Padraski. So what a happy family. I do believe he was an only child. I didn't see much about his siblings if he had them. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being the sibling to John Glover Roberts Jr.? (laughs) At Thanksgiving? Who then became, like, (laughs) Mr. Chief Justice? Justice? Like, imagine going to Thanksgiving this year, and everybody's like, hey, what's new? What's new with you? And and John Glover Roberts Jr. is just like, oh, well, I decided the fate on gerrymandering and the census. Uh, and you know, we're wearing discrimination, abortion rights, abortion rights. And like, and then it's like, Oh, Phil Glover Roberts (laughs) Jr. What did you, what did you do? And he's like, well, I work at a bank. I don't know. Like (laughs) I took some deposits. I do. Again, I don't know if he has siblings. (laughs) I didn't look that up. They do now. He might made them. Phil Glover Roberts Jr. Is now his brother. Yep. Despite being born in Buffalo, New York, he grew up 
in Long Beach, Indiana. So shout out to the state of Indiana. He attended a Catholic boarding school called La Lumiere School in LaPorte, Indiana. Wow. I can you imagine going to boarding school? Like I, I, feel I like know that they exist in America. Right. But it feels so European. It feels very European and very like a rich thing. I also to this do. was an all boys Catholic school. I forgot to say that. It was an all boys Catholic school, which is like what a danger zone. That explains so much about John Roberts, yeah. I feel like in a nutshell. That, in an un- yes. I mean, I went to a Catholic school. It was co-ed. It wasn't boarding school. Yeah. I just feel like there's nothing good about sending your child away. Right. Unless there's like, they've got some kind of Unless a way is Hogwarts and you're learning magic. Right. That's, I feel like, a very valid reason to send your kid away. I would send my kid away to Hogwarts. I wouldn't send my kid away to La Lumiere School in LaPorte, Indiana. I'm sure it's a great school. I'm sure it has high credentials. But I'm just saying, it's, yeah, it's a a different childhood experience. It's like, I feel like so much of development happens not at school right especially like early, you know right I like know. no i feel like a lot of it is like your surroundings and your family and your friend circles and when you yeah. like send somebody away right and you're they're with it's just so insular too like they're with yeah. these people in class the they're time. with them at home and then all like, like if you didn't have odd. to figure out how to sneak back into your parents house after sneaking out and going drinking then you well, shouldn't yeah. be able to rule on gerrymandering no i'm sorry if you don't I'm have sorry. Ex- if you don't have real life experience as a human that is American, real life experience mm, sorry i don't know about that okay it does explain this like it, that they don't understand things sometimes like sure <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand because you literally you didn't went from experience like it. insular. Yeah, they didn't experience it. Yeah, yeah. Wow. At La Lumiere School in Laporte, Indiana, Roberts was a wrestler, served as captain of the football team, and was part of the student council. Is he a sociopath? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it's like one of those words. Like, okay, too many accomplishments. Too many ac- again. You are not sneaking in and out of your parents' house. No, no, no. He's a good old boy. He's a good old boy. He's a good old boy. And like, come he was on. a virgin till marriage, and he never drank until he was twenty-one. Oh, I want. Or he you wasn't know who I at want all. Is my chief justice. And again, I'm not like <laughs> uber critical of John Robert. I think like uh, no, there's something about him fun. that I like. We're having it's fun with him. Fun making fun Trust of me. We're very. He's people. a friend. <laughs> he's a friend of the family. But I think like in my ideal world, a the the. Um, Chief Justice would be a woman, and B, right. they would like obviously they would have gotten drunk at eighteen or sixteen. I don't care. Like I'm just like listen. It's why I don't trust Mitt Romney. That man has never sure. had a drink or a drug. What? You're not fully. How human. can you understand this country? Yep. If you've not had a glass of red wine, no, or at least a bud. Have a, a bud. bud. Yeah, yeah. You need to drink. <laughs> I mean, I respect. I completely respect people who don't drink. I like. We, yes, we we're not encouraging. We support your choices. Yes. I'm just saying, it's like if you're gonna make rulings on, you know, abortion rights. Like, I don't like have a drink. I don't care. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> smoke some weed. Live a life. Live a life. Like, yeah. If if the if the question of the legality of marijuana ever approaches the Supreme Court, which quite honestly it, it probably well could. will, yeah. in our in our lifetime for sure. I just, I'm curious. I'm like, how can you rule on the legality of marijuana if you've never done a little puff, puff, pass? Well, it's just because your view of it is probably super skewed. Not like, right. like I don't, I, I've done pot. I don't particularly enjoy you've it. You've done pot? 
I know. Art, and you couldn't sound <laughs> less like you've smoked weed than saying, Listen. I've done pot. <laughs> Look, it's like you're trying to relate to the teenager. Hey, I've, I've done pot. I've done it. Okay, I also do heroin. <laughs> I've done I've done wine. I've done beer. I've done vodka. Like what? You okay. I've done the I meth. I, I have to somebody has to tell me the correct word because I don't actually know the correct word and this is now the second time that I've said it. I've done pot. I've done pot I don't think in I've a done public pot. situation I mean, and sure. also have been made fun for it. I I appreciate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I like, I mean again, some people might disagree with me. I feel like I've done pot. Not quite. It doesn't sound quite like you've experienced marijuana. I would say I've smoked weed. <laughs> okay. Great. You know, I maybe I should say it ironically. I've what? I've smoked weed. I don't know what irony sounds like. <laughs> uh, you know, I've done the pot. I've done the pot. I've done the pot. Yes, that. Yes. So my, I just don't enjoy it. But that doesn't mean that like. But I feel like I have I have tried it. Like, you know, like I, I just yes. it's you not my dr- like it's not my drug of choice. It does not necessarily me- mean does- you're going to smoke the meth. The meth. You're, and yeah. it right. And it doesn't make you a bad person no. and it's like a quite safe drug. I just don't mm-hmm. I'm skeptical about if you've never tried right any kind of how substance many justices how you can on the Supreme Court do you think have done the pot? Out of the 9. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. How about okay. Chief Justice John Roberts. No. No. Okay. Clarence Thomas. No. Probably not. Yeah. I don't think so. Stephen Byer. I think yes. I think I think uh, he back did in the day. At, at, I think back at in the Harvard day. Harvard or wherever he came from. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. Elena Kagan. Uh, that's hard. She might be a swing on that one. Might be a swing on that one. Sonia. For sure. For sure, yeah. For sure. RBG. Oh, I feel like no. I feel like no, but also maybe. But I maybe. Feel like back in the I feel day, like maybe also- she like tried it with her grandkids and they were like, <laughs> "You should try this." Grandma, it's good. And she's like, all right, like, let's do it. I don't know. I also feel like medical marijuana would be a thing she would be down for. For sure. Brett Kavanaugh. I feel like, yes. Oh, 100%. Yeah. He's tried every drug on the planet. Right. Who am I missing? Who am I missing? I have, I have seven. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Mer- uh, not Merrick Garland. No, don't bring no, his name. It's, it's Merrick not Garland. Merrick Garland. Definitely. It's, not, it's the other guy. Gorsuch. It's Gorsuch. Neil Gorsuch. Neil Gorsuch. No, no, he doesn't. Who is he? Yeah, he's a he's a paper doll. Like yeah. he's got no dimension. <laughs> Wait, did we name them all? Why do I only have eight fingers up? Oh, Alito, Alito, Alito. Oh, sweet Alito, sweet Alito. Samuel Alito, do you think he smoked weed? I think. So. I think I so think too. So. I think so too. I think he's tried it once. Yeah, like maybe like with his wife. Like right. being like, ooh, let's do something bad. bad. You know. Let's smoke pot. Let's smoke pot. And they go to yeah. a swinger party. So I feel party. like it's split. I feel like we're at a five-four <laughs> split on if they've tried weed or not. Yeah. And honestly, it doesn't completely align with. It does not completely align with, with if you're a conservative or, or, or a liberal. liberal. No, no, no. Absolutely not. Yeah. I think I think it aligns with like just like their personalities. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> great. So back to fun facts about uh, Rob, John Roberts's early life. Great. After graduating from La Lumiere School, he attended, you guessed it, Harvard. Oh, my shocker. I know. He oh, my Harvard. God. It's kind of impressive because he attended Harvard for his undergrad, and he graduated in three years. Um, he graduated in uh, 1976, summa cum laude. Laude. Whatever. Okay. Summa cum laude? <laughs> that sounds stupid. Magna okay. Cum, yeah. Magna cum laude, summa cum laude. Yeah. That was loud. Whatever. It doesn't matter. And then I right after that, that, he attended, you guessed it, Harvard Law School, graduating in 1979, magna 
cum laude. Wow. Yeah. So he he went up, right? Or summa above. I think summa's first. Oh, shoot. What happened, John? What happened? Did you slip? He's, maybe he's smoked some weed. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it was that one puff puff pass he yeah. did. So that's his like, and he was like, you know, he did the whole thing where he was like the chief editor of the law review, which is like a big deal. A lot of Supreme Court justices have been that at mm. Harvard. Yep. Um, he was a great student. It makes sense. Listen to me too. Same. I am currently the editor. Can you imagine? Oh my God. <laughs> I'd be like, too many words. <laughs> Let's break it down. Let's break it Succinct, down. Succinct, people. Succinct. Give me buzzwords. And put it in color. And put it in color. <laughs> So after graduation, this is where this is where to me John Roberts becomes super fascinating. Is his is is the the career he has between graduating law school and becoming the uh, justice on the Supreme Court. Okay. So pretty close to after graduation, he went to clerk for Associate Justice William Rehnquist of the Supreme Court. Like he literally. Wow. This is maybe three or four years out of graduating law school. He is clerking. For a Supreme Court justice. Wow. I'm like, how do you get that job? How do you get, do they post it? Do they post it on LinkedIn? How do you get somebody, okay, this is legitimate. I know, I know we're, we're joking a lot right now, but how do you become a clerk for a justice on the Supreme Court? How does that happen? Is it a networking thing? It must yeah, be. Yeah, it must it, be. I swear Especially to God. back in this day and age, yeah. back in Hamanisha, like, I feel like you. This was in the. This was in maybe the 80s. The 80s. Does that make sense? Yeah, this was in the 80s. The 80s. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like back then it was like very tit for tat. And like yeah. why you send well, your kids to those schools. especially coming from Harvard Law School. Like right. you have a very, like it's a very small circle of people. Yeah. And it's like everybody from Harvard Law. But again, that's, you know, there's only nine justices. Right. I mean, I guess they have more than one clerk, but still it's like, you know. Yeah, it's John, there's only a few slots. I was just, I was a little impressed. <laughs> I was a little impressed because my first job out of college was at a clothing store. Okay. <laughs> Which is not to say that retail Which is clothing not. clothing store? I'm not going to talk about okay, it because it was a bad experience and I'm not going to throw shade on a small business in New York City. Great. Because we support small businesses here in the city, but I, I don't like, I didn't, I did not enjoy working retail. I, listen, I also worked retail. I worked furniture retail and. Oh, that's a different game. It's a different game. That's yeah. a lot of people coming in to buy, um, like teak lounge chairs for their East Hampton part or East Hampton houses. Well, sure. I mean, we and want teak. We want teak. <laughs> I want the teak. I want the teak. So yeah, after graduation, he's clerking for Associate Justice William H. Weinquist. 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 Yeah. Difficult name. After that. He served as special assistant, don't know what that means, but this is what it said, special assistant to U.S. Attorney General William French Smith of the Reagan administration. Wow. Yes. He literally goes from clerking the Supreme Court justice to helping out the attorney general. <laughs> John is a great networker is what I can pick He got up. around. He's literally, I mean, this is what he's probably, wait. Let me do math. Don't say a word. Don't say a word because I want to know how old he is. Let's say this was in like the mid 80s. He's 30 years old. That's, that's offensive. That's offensive. <laughs> that's offensive. He's 30 years old. He's 30 ish. Maybe let's say between 30 and 33 years old. Right. And he has clerked for a Supreme Court justice and been a special assistant to the U.S. Attorney General. I'm going to crawl a, in a hole. I don't, I'm a receptionist. 
I walk a dog. Uh, <laughs> do you think oh SCOTUS God. has a receptionist and can I get that job? <laughs> Absolutely. I just like, these are big leaps for Roberts. Big, big leaps. I'm so impressed by him. I'm so impressed by him. It's nice being a man. After that, I know it's so nice being a very privileged white male who went to a ca- all boys Catholic boarding school in Indiana, then to Harvard, then to Harvard Law, then straight to the Supreme. I mean, like that's the path. That's the, the path, uh, right? I mean, I don't understand why people don't do that all the time. I'm doing it right now. If only people could lift themselves up. If only, right? <laughs> if only <laughs> that if would only, be so amazing. Right, right. Oh man! After he was the special assistant to the U.S. Attorney General William French Smith, he became an associate counsel to President Ronald Reagan. I hate this. I just I hate this so I just much. Feel like he was like bopping around, you know, like creating an economic system that would plague us for years to come. <laughs> Being like, wait, John, can I? Do you mind? Can I have a word? And then they just go into the office, and Reagan's like, I'm just so. I just want to bounce some ideas off of you. <laughs> Do you mind? Um, and this can be, you're my associate counsel. Like, you're associate counsel. I'm doing air quotes. Because what does that mean? I don't know. But yeah. yeah. Counsel wow. to President Ronald Reagan. President Ronald Reagan. He's like maybe 35 years old. He's like maybe 35 years old. Oh, my God. And then, oh, my God. Okay, great. Now wow. I start using dates. Because all of this was between. And then I start yeah. using years. So he graduated in 1979. And from 1979 to 1986 was when all of this happened. This happened in that's such a seven years. Was seven he years. sleeping with Reagan? Like that's Maybe. a bit of a glider. Well, we all sleeping with Reagan. Okay, it was no. We were doing the pot, and that you know, one thing led to another. <laughs> if 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 pot is a gateway to anything, it's sleeping it's with sleeping Ronald with Reagan. Reagan. That is what pot is the gateway to. That's why I don't do the pot. I don't want to sleep with Ronald Reagan. You don't want to sleep with Ronald Uh, uh, Reagan. uh, uh. Mm -mm. Like maybe young Ronald Reagan, but President Ronald Reagan? Dusty? Dusty. Again, it's not about Maybe President of SAG Ronald Reagan? Sure. President of SAG Ronald Reagan. Absolutely. Get that card, honey. Get Get that that card. card. (laughs) Okay. And then this is... Okay, so then... So that's, that's what John did for seven years. He was a clerk for Supreme Court Justice. Right. He was a special assistant to the attorney general. Right. And he was an associate counsel for President Ronald Reagan. Then guess what he does? So yep. He goes into private practice. Of course. Of course he does. Of because, course he does. He's like, I can make millions. Yeah. Are you joking? Apparently I know everybody in Washington. Right. I like, I just, it's so curious because he's like, uh, what do I do next? Mm, I'm just going to do me. <laughs> I'm just going to do me. I'm just going to do me. I just feel like I just want to I just want to work on some independent cases. Right. I don't want to I don't want to do I don't want to do the government thing anymore. No, it's too much. It's too much work and not enough money. Yeah. So from 1986 to 1989, he's in private practice. He's like, I just want to work privately. I'm over this. I just want to be me. Mm. Me me and me and the me and the documents, you know? Yeah. Then you guessed it. From 1989 to 1992, Sweet Baby Johnny returned back to the government by working for the George H.W. Bush administration as Deputy Solicitor General. Wow. And I we've not talked about what the Solicitor General no. is yet. So I'm going to say, say what the Solicitor oh, General so is. Because I put, I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> We're making up titles. So the Solicitor General, and I pulled this from... What did I pull it from? Oh, the 
justice.gov. Oh, bless. One of our favorite websites. This is what they do. The task of the Office of the Solicitor General is to supervise and conduct government litigation in the United States Supreme Court. Virtually all such litigation is channeled through the Office of the Solicitor General and is actively conducted by the office. So they argue cases in front of the Supreme Court. Oh, cool. So he's he's the deputy of this. Yeah. So he's doing some of this stuff. Right. He's chilling. He's like, he's Uh, he's he's on the knock knock on. He's knock knock ding dong. Let's go to this door. I got a case. (laughs) Wow, so he's on the other side of it. Yes, yes. Fun fact, while in private practice and working for the government, he argued 39 cases in front of the Supreme Court and won 25 of them. Shit. That's an impressive amount. He's pretty good. That means he lost? One, two, three. I don't know. Wait, 39 minus 25. Oh, 14. 14. Yeah. Which is like... That's a good record. That's a good record. I would lose... 52 i would lose i wouldn't be allowed in the room they wouldn't let me up to the bench really and that's and i know that i know that but man if they gave me a shot i Mm. would really like i wish i wish that they would like allow me to try i feel like this would be something that if you were because you don't get a lot of time and it's not like you can provide you get a half hour yeah yeah you get a half hour, and it's not like you're, like, giving them evidence. I feel like if you have a solid argument, anybody could do this, right? Like, I feel like if given a well, script. Well, yeah, you just have to give, you it, could go give up, me the text. <laughs> give me the text. And you would deliver one hell of a bar and it would be so speech. It would be, so, it would be like, it would be so, kind of like ever seen Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Love when that he's movie. Like, when he's filibustering. It's yes. like, that is the moment I would be creating. Except I'd be like, your time is up. Oh, yay. Oh, yay. Oh, goodbye. You know? Like, <laughs> oh, yay. Oh, yay. So, yeah. So that's a fun fact about him um, at his time in government and private practice. Yeah. He he spent some time in the, in the SCOTUS building. Yeah. As not a justice. Wow. I guess. I, I mean, I appreciate that. I appreciate that too. He has experience. Yeah, he is a he is a qualified, definitely a qualified justice. human being. Yeah, we have to appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So that was him being the deputy solicitor general was again from 1989 to 1992. From 1992 to 2001, John returned back to private practice. That's so long in private practice. I know, and I'm just like that. So that's a very that's a that's like almost ten years. It feels like he wanted to do private practice, but people kept being like. John, John, <laughs> help. <laughs> and he's help like, Ugh. me. I feel like he just wanted to like own his own practice and just, you know. I feel like working for the government is very cumbersome. It's probably oh, a I'm lot of work sure. for not a lot of pay. Yeah. And in private practice, you can like pick and choose and you can have your life. Like You, you can, can pick go and choose. You can make so places. much money, but it doesn't have like the... The, you know, like the je ne sais quoi that right, like right, right. being the deputy solicitor general for the totally. Bush administration does. Like he's worked right. for two presidents now. Right. But he's also like the people who are picking him to work for them are Republican presidents. And so True. if there's no Republic, like, I don't know that. So this is when Bill Clinton was in office. Th- yeah. So basically, like, Bill Clinton he was like, wasn't like, Bill's oh, here. John. Goodbye. Goodbye. I can Which, read the writing on the wall. Yeah. Going I can into see I'm not practice. needed here. Good luck, guys. Yep. Can't wait to see how this pans out. Yep. Wow. Imagine being John Roberts in private practice when, like, the impeachment stuff started with Bill Clinton. He'd be like, whew, dodged a bullet. So I stepped that landmine. Because imagine being Deputy Solicitor General then. Yikes, my yikes. <laughs> Must have been tense. So in 2001, so this is after his what 
nine years in private practice. Yep. John was nominated to the U.S. Court of Appeals D.C. Circuit. So the circuit courts that we always talk about, yeah. which is like a general stepping stone for anybody being nominated to the Supreme Court is they get nominated to this court, which right. is the, the court underneath the Supreme Court. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. The U.S. Court of Appeals. Makes total sense. He was not confirmed. He was nominated in 2001. He was not confirmed until 2003 due to Senate Bush tensions. <laughs> We've been here before. Wow. A, a dark I know well, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. Senate confirmations. That might Tense? be my favorite. No. That was my favorite reference. Thank you. That was so great. I'm good at what I do. If you know what that's from. Call us. Call us. Please. We're not going to say it. Us. We're not going to tell you what it's, it's from. It's very insular. Yes. Yeah, so he, so it took him two years to get confirmed. That's but so long. I know, but he finally did. <laughs> and then, so he worked on the U.S. Court of Appeals mm-hmm. in the D.C. Circuit from 2003 to 2005 <laughs> for two Short years. Stint. Because he was nominated to the Supreme Court to fill Sandra Day O'Connor's seat and like this oh, is sure. this is gonna get crazy. So he was nominated by Baby Bush, so W. Right. He was in the court for the the circuit court for two years, mm-hmm. and then obviously Sandra Day O'Connor <clears throat> stepped down. But it got more dramatic because literally a few months later, so he got nominated in July, and then in September of that same year of two thousand and five, mm-hmm. our boy that we have talked about, Aww. Chief Justice William Rehnquist. Rehnquist died that's so sad so w right withdrew robert's nomination to fill o'connor's ah. seat and put him forward as the candidate to replace the chief justice wow isn't that crazy isn't that crazy he that's served so- on the courts for two years and then they're like you seem like a chief right <laughs> you got i'm reading chief from I'm you. reading i'm getting very chief vibes yeah <laughs> So and that wow. and that is like that's the nomination process that he went through is to become the chief justice of the Supreme Court of the United States. So very cool. On September 29th, 2005, John Roberts was confirmed 78 to 22 to become the chief justice of the Supreme Court. He is the youngest chief justice to be approved since John Marshall, who served in 1801, presumably at age 13. Because how old could he, could he have possibly What? Been? I just like, I imagine him what? being like a nine-year-old being like, all right, you're all, it's you or the goat. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he is, in modern history, the youngest chief justice we've ever had. Yeah. He has the highest approval of 78 out of any chief justice we've had. I didn't and, even know they ranked that. Great. I know. And then in his Senate confirmation hearing, he said this quote, which I found super um, funny. He was comparing the office or the, the job to that of a baseball umpire. He's a simple boy with simple needs. He said this quote, it's my job to call balls and strikes, not to pitch or bat. I feel like he's lived up to that. I think he's lived up to that. Yeah. I think he's lived up to that. I love a metaphor. You yeah. know I love oh a metaphor. Oh, God, it's so good. I live for a metaphor. That's a good one, too. And what, what, what's more American than the Mr. <laughs> Chief Justice talking about baseball? <laughs> that is, wow. Um, um, and as we know, historically, he is often considered to be a key, a key swing vote yep. instead of being a purely conservative judge, even yep. though he was. He, like, categorically is because he was nominated by... A Republican, a Republican president. He's and worked for two of them. He's yes. Yeah. He's worked for yeah, Reagan and 
and Bush. Oh, three of them. Three Reagan, of them. Papa Bush, and Baby Bush. That's I right. always forget about Papa Bush. Oh, so Papa sorry. Bush. Yep. So, so sorry. Yep. Forget that you were president. I'm so yep. sorry. Uh, rest in peace. He is, this is just a personal life fun fact. He's married with two children who are adopted. Oh. Oh, uh, yeah. I know. Look, adopting's amazing. Adopting's and amazing. Yeah, this was a this was something I saw in my research and I thought it was worth noting because we don't see that. We don't all see the that time. all the time. Especially yeah. as like a like a Catholic, you think they just breed, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> my so, grandfather was one of eighteen. They breed. They breed, they breed. But yes, he has two adopted children. So let's talk about big cases. Both, yes. These are obviously not even close to all of them, but these are just a couple of big ones that he was either a key swing vote in mm. or he wrote opinions for that were interesting and or problematic mm-hmm. or dissented on. Great. So the first big one was Citizens United versus the Federal Election Commission. Oh, yeah. And I literally, I, um, this is from ThoughtCo, I put a quote of what this is about because I needed it because I hear Citizens United all the time and it's hard to yeah, dissect yeah. for me. So this is the quote. The decision asserted that the First Amendment protects the rights of businesses, nonprofit organizations, and other groups to make unlimited expenditures, including those intended to influence political campaigns and elections. So Roberts, you hate this decision. Mm -hmm. Roberts (laughs) sided with the majority. So he is one of the reasons why this case got so awful. Yes, it's a very bad case. And this was like one of his first. This was yeah. one of his first big decisions yeah, yeah, yeah. that was made under his tenure as chief justice. So that's important to note. Because money are people. Or money, yeah, organizations and businesses are people and mm-hmm. money is speech is what this is saying. Yes. Money is speech. Money is speech. My money is a... Which like chatterbox. It's a, it's a form of speech, but like you can... The idea that you can't limit speech is just fundamentally incorrect yeah, you can't yell fire in a crowded room. Like, right, that's, we've we've already proven we've in proven our that you, you first can't amendment episode that limit. there are limits to speech. Right, hate speech, hate speech. Yeah, hello, hello. And there <laughs> is hate money, and there's hate money. There is hate money, hateful money. Mm-hmm. The next big case that was decided under his tenure was the National Federation of Independent Business versus Sibelius. Sibelius couldn't say <laughs> it, which is uh, a big Obamacare decision. Yep. Um, he sided with the majority to uphold key provisions of the Affordable Care Act. With Obamacare, he has He's almost consistent. always consistently um, sided with the liberal majority. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's that's an interesting one about him being a cons- quote-unquote conservative judge. Right. And he's been upholding Obamacare. Him and John McCain. Him and John McCain. Uh, rest in peace. Okay. The next one. Arden, say it. <laughs> Obergefell. Obergefell versus Hodges. This was a huge case. We know this case as the case that legalized same-sex marriage. The reason why I wanted to bring this up, because in this case, Roberts wrote the dissent. He sided with the the dissenting justices for it to not be uh, legalized. I have not read his dissent. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it entails. I probably will at some point. I feel like I'm going to go read it on the train after I leave here. I'm very curious. I want to know what he said. Because... I imagine it's some it's it's probably like the the dissent that we or the opinion that we saw with the Baker case where it's like, oh, sure. Look, nobody's saying that people that like, you know, gay people or LGBTQ people shouldn't be able to marry whoever they want to marry. Right. But if you're looking at the Constitution, like that sort of right, bullshit right, right. or like they were mean to the baker. Sure. <laughs> they were mean to the they baker. Mean. So it's not fair. So he gets it's a do over. Yeah. So I wanted to bring this up because it's also it's not only significant that he 
like was not in the opinion right but that he chose to write the dissent because as we've talked about that is big the just the, the chief justice decides who writes the opinions right. and who writes the dissent and he just he chose to write the dissent for this probably because i imagine he wanted it to be clear that it wasn't about like it wasn't about it wasn't gay being, hating. yeah it wasn't gay <laughs> hating that's exactly it i guarantee you yeah like i'm willing to bet money on it that that's why yeah. he decided to write it because he knew. Yeah, he was like, I know this looks bad. <laughs> I know it looks bad. It looks but bad but hear, me hear me out. out. <laughs> hear me out. And it's like, no, John, no. So this is one of those ones where I'm like, John, come on, come on. I just don't understand. Okay, great. I, we're gonna read it. We're gonna read it. We're gonna read we're it. We're gonna give you more thoughts on it. Yep. Another big case. This was a more recent one. Was Trump versus Hawaii, also known as the travel ban. So that was when President mm. Trump used executive authority to ban, like, um, people coming in from predominantly Muslim countries. Yeah. I think there was, like, nine of them. Yeah. And the state of Hawaii was like, absolutely not. What I love about Hawaii, it's kind of like California, where it's like the minute something shady happens with Trump, they're like, we're suing. <laughs> we're suing. Attach our name. Uh, Attach uh, our uh, name. Uh, the Hawaii. The Hawaii. Um <laughs> The Supreme Court ruled in favor of Trump in this case. John Roberts sided with the majority in that decision, and he wrote the opinion declaring that the ban was within the scope of presidential authority. Again, problematic. John, come on. That's so weird. I mean, he's weird. He's to me. It's like there's it's no consistency with him. There's but but on certain issues there are. Yeah, you know, within an issue. But within like you would issue. think that those the the thing that he's basing his opinion on one particular issue about what would carry over. Yeah. Right. I guess not. That's why he's a swing vote. You know. That's why, yeah. Who knows what he's gonna do? <laughs> Who knows what he's gonna do? My the idol of my life, Sonia Sotomayor, wrote the dissent, and it is blistering. <laughs> Great. Towards the dragon. <laughs> she was like, "You guys are literally ignoring what this human says on a day to day basis." Right. Like. Come on. Right. Do better. Do better. Do better. Be best. Be best. Finally, the last big one that I want to talk about yes. was very, very recent, which was the very, really weird opinion for the recent gerrymandering cases. Uh-huh. So this was Lamone v. Besnick, which was Maryland, and Rucho v. Common case, which was North Carolina. Common they com- cause. Common cause. Sorry. Common cause. Yep. They combined these two gerrymandering um, cases because one, the Democrats were doing it, one, the Republicans were doing it, and they made a decision on both of them and wrote one opinion. That makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. I'm all about it. Yeah. Chief John Roberts wrote the opinion, which again, it's always significant when he decides to write an opinion or a dissent. Like, we just have to say that. But he wrote, and I read his opinion, and it's so bad (laughs) it's so bad like i'm like john this makes no sense he this is where he asserted that the judicial branch has no authority to rule on gerrymandering and i'm like what are you talking about what are you you're the supreme court of the united states you have you have jurisdiction to rule on anything on anything i know what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I was like, John. Also, it was like not his best writing. I like, I'm, I don't want to be critical because again, like, you know, who am I? You know, I'm a receptionist. But I was also like, <laughs> come on, John. This doesn't add up. It was a very, to me, weak argument for why well, the Supreme Court and and not even just the Supreme Court, but the ju- judicial system as a right, whole right. can't rule on gerrymandering. It's very, I mean, he's using the, the excuse, I'm sure, of like, it's political. We can't get involved in political games. But you do, no matter what your you decision do, no what. is. Abortion you are is still, political. 
But also, just take this case, you know, the topic of gerrymandering. It is political no matter what you do. If you let it stand, it's mm-hmm, political. Mm-hmm. If you take it down, it's political. His so make the right ethical decision. political. Right. And this, I mean, if you want to go back to the Constitution, the Founding let's Fathers. Back. Let's go back. Let's the go fa- back there. We know her well. <laughs> <laughs> the Founding Fathers were all about the people who could vote at the time having. <laughs> white male. White male. Landowning. Why right. okay. <laughs> having one vote. I mean, they were yes. very clear about that. Yes. And so this is clearly a violation, a of, the violation of the Constitution. Yeah. I just, why am I not Chief Justice? I don't know. I don't know. I can't imagine why we're not right now, currently, in the Supreme Court. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't imagine. So yeah, he wrote the opinion for that. I, I recommend giving it a look. It's it's really, it's a really weird argument that doesn't make any sense at all to me. Shocker. And what's exciting about this dissent is that it is Elena Kagan, who we mm. don't get to hear from no, a lot at all. And she tears apart this opinion. She tears I it apart. It. She sets it on fire. She's like, this makes no sense. This has, I think at one point she's like, this logically makes no sense. Right. What are you talking about? There who are, are you holes in your about? argument. There are literal holes in your argument. And yeah, it's like, for me, I was like, yes, Elena, assert yourself. Yep. Assert yourself. Make your mark. Yeah. So good. Such a good dissent. So read both of those if you can. Go to, I think it's on. I'm sure it's, it's on Scotus blog. Yeah, it's on yeah. Scotus blog. I think all of them are on like springcore.gov. Like, mm, yeah. They're, they're a long read, but they're not, they're not hard they're to not read. They're not hard to read. It's not full of legalese. Like, don't no. be afraid. Like, they, they reference past cases, and but it's not necessarily. It's not here to, to for, wherein, forthwith. No, it's no. very. It's literally, especially the dissents, and especially yeah. when they're written by the liberal women of the bench. It's like really fun. <laughs> it's really fun. Cause you're feeling, cause I'm angry and right. Elaine is angry and I'm like, great. At least I'm not crazy. crazy. Right. If Elaine is angry, I'm angry. angry. Right. That's how I feel. And so those are like big cases that he's been, that he's had a hand in deciding. That's, that's a lot of big cases. That's, that's a lot of that's big speeches, cases. money. That's healthcare. Yeah. Healthcare. Yeah. It's a lot. Stealing elections. Stealing elections. Yeah. Gay yeah. marriage. That's oh, a he lot. also ruled on the census. He swung and, and, and ruled against having the sen- the citizenship question on the census recently. That 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 ruling. Well, he was the one who was like, it ha- you have to give me a better reason. Oh, right, right, right. right. Like, you have to like, give me a better reason. Right. But because of the timeline of it, it's like right. it has to stay yeah. off. So it's, yeah, he's, he's a very difficult. He's hard to pin down. Yeah. Because it's not like he's. You, it's funny because usually if you're, you know, a Republican conservative, I, like I know more people who are socially liberal but fiscally conservative. Yeah. And that's not really what he – that's not a definition for him Mm-mm. at all. He's very socially conservative. But yeah. because of his healthcare Sometimes. stance, yeah. you could also argue that he's, like, more fiscally liberal. Yeah. It's really he's an odd duck. Yeah. I would love to have a cup of coffee with Chief Justice John Roberts. I'll call his assistant. Call will you call them? Yeah. And then finally I have two random fun facts that I didn't know where to put. Great. In the thing. Great. So Hit we're me. just gonna we're gonna end with these. Yes. A f- random fun fact. When administering the oath of office to Obama on his first inauguration, Robert said the wrong word, causing Obama to stumble. And they ended up having to do a redo a few days later to do it like correctly. Because like like live in front of thousands of people, millions they messed it up. And like you can see Obama's like, that's not right. (laughs) Like you see it on his face and he's like, 
Um, so Wait, what did he say? Do we know what he said? I don't know what I don't know what it was. I'm sorry, I should have looked that up. No, that's fine. I'm but look it, it up. was like a small like switch of words, and Obama was like, "Oh dear," because they're doing it by memory. Like right. John isn't John's not reading; he's doing it from memory. And are and you saying he couldn't memorize his lines? He couldn't before memorize his show. Lines. He, I think he got nervous. I think he got yeah, nervous. I mean, he's this not an been, actor. This would have been his first, unless he did. Maybe he did the inauguration for Bush's second term. Yeah. Well, then maybe this was his this first inauguration. Maybe his first inauguration. first inauguration. I would be nervous too. Yeah. It's like doing stand up for the first time. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. I would black out. Yeah, I did. I would I did black, black out. out. So, but yeah, I so might they, cry. they did a, a ceremonial redo to be like, let's make sure we say the right words so nobody can be like, oh, you said the oath wrong, so therefore you're not president. Well, that's okay. So here's a Lizzie question. Do we think in the two days that they, when they were doing this redo, that like, is he a, a valid president? Obama? I think he is. I think, I think he is. I, because it's like the oath is ceremony. You know, and like, yes, it's sure. in the Constitution that like this oath needs to be administered. But like to become president of the United States, you have to win the Electoral College. Right. And he it did. doesn't say to become the president of the United States. You have to say the oath of office. That's true. It's just like that's just, part of right. Like, the two things aren't linked. Finally, you need to win the Electoral College yeah. and you need to swear an oath. Yes. We're not going to define that oath. That's going to come that's later. That's going to come later. Trust me. It's going to come down the line. We're going to pin that. Right. But the two aren't linked. Yeah. I think personally. Well, I guess that makes sense because they couldn't be linked because then you have LBJ taking the oath of office on the plane after Kennedy's shot and he was not elected by the Electoral sure. College. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, I guess he was technically elected by the Electoral College to be vice president. To be vice president. Right. Wow. Tricky. Wow. So that's one fun fact. And then the fact. last fun fact is so silly. I just I just thought that was so funny. When in his undergrad at Harvard, he wrote his thesis it was a 175-page thesis on the fall of British liberalism. <laughs> so niche. It's so niche. This is like, it reminded me of our international relations episode and how many, like, theses and PhD yes. papers that there are. And I just imagine that, like, somewhere out there, there are there is a committee analyzing British liberalism, and they quote John Roberts' 175 undergraduate thesis paper. Uh, yeah. And it's like, this is what I feel. I'm just like, of all the issues that are going on in That's what? So the 70s? Right. You like, choose the fall of British liberalism? Never mind Vietnam. Right. Never mind the Berlin Wall. Never <laughs> mind the Cold War. British liberalism. I just, it's it's very like. That's so funny. I'm like, that shows that you went to an all boys boarding school. <laughs> <laughs> if anything. This is your focus. This is your focus. Yeah. But that is Chief Justice John Roberts. Wow, that in was a really that was really interesting. He's very interesting. I find him very fascinating. Wow. Um, and again, I would love to talk would, more about him and talk to him. I would love. I would love to talk to him. I would love. I, I just. I want to know. I, I want to know his thought processes. Processes yeah. like like what do you take into consideration? What do you take into consideration? And why why do you think this is okay? Like. Why do you think it's okay? Like, why are you not, why are you upholding the travel ban? Yes. Because I but feel like him, I just it's, don't understand that logic. I don't know. I feel like he'll give us a reason. I'll be like, mm, that's right. a stretch. Right, right, right. That's how I feel about all, like most of the ones that we've talked about where I'm just like, especially that, man, the gerrymandering one I can't get over. I'm just like, you're really, you're really trying to fit a square peg in a round well, hole yeah. here, John. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Relax. Tom Hanks is not here. He doesn't need you to save him. He does not. He does not. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you're referencing. Tell me. Apollo 13. Excellent. Wow. <laughs> what a film. Fun fact. I can't watch that film. It makes me too stressed. I, 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 I cry. cry. 
cry, cry. every like, time. They're coming back into the atmosphere. Oh my God. There's fire everywhere. And like, then the people are watching. It's like, oh my God. The boy, the when the because the boy is at military school, and oh. when he when the thing comes down, and all of the kids around him come up and pat his back. Yeah, I, like I'm crying, picturing it in my mind's eye right now. Yeah. It's so. It is. An I literally. Epic Film. know how Apollo 13 ends and yet I can't be reassured nope. that they're gonna make it back into nope. the atmosphere I, I, every time I can't do nope. it I can't do it I'm nope. like I don't know you just never know what these things spaceships are so unpredictable no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I god I love that movie I cannot watch if I had a stronger soul I would watch that movie Every day, I love it so much. I, I think it's an epic, I can't watch it's an it. epic I, piece it, of work. I have to be in a, a better place. I, ha- I have. I have. I have to I'm not be strong enough. I can't be. I can't be super happy. I can't be super sad. I've got to be like in the middle. Yeah, ready to receive. Sure. Trauma. But guys, that's our oh episode. That's John Roberts. Yes. That's Lizzie and Arden. Yes. We. I mean, you know, you know that you know the deal. We love you so so much. We so love you much. Literally an infinite amount of times. We love you as much as we love the movie Apollo 13. That, yes. And if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. You can rate us. You can review us. You can subscribe to us. We love you so so much, mm-hmm. and we can't wait to see you next Wednesday. Yes.